Hello, this is Martina Rutledge, and I want to welcome you to the Remembering Podcast, a self-remembering program for caregivers, creatives, and changemakers who long for a deeper connection to their own inner wisdom, magic, and purpose. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with the inspiration you need in order to remember who you really are and tap into your unique voice and vision so you can feel successful and creative in your own life. Each week, I endeavor to examine some concept or tool through the lens of story in order to help you remember your divine spark and illuminate the magic that already lies within you. And this week is no different. We're talking about the legend of the phoenix and the cyclical nature of life, its many metaphorical births, deaths, and rebirths, and how they help us grow. Long ago, in a distant land, there lived a magnificent bird known as the phoenix. This beautiful and mysterious creature was unlike any other that had ever existed, for it possessed the ability to live for centuries before meeting its end in a fiery display of rebirth. The phoenix was said to have vibrant plumage with feathers that shimmered in hues of gold, crimson, and orange. Its melodious song was said to be so enchanting that it could bring tears to the eyes of those who heard it. When the phoenix sensed its time was drawing near, and it always did, it would build a nest of aromatic herbs, cinnamon for protection, and myrrh for cleansing and purification. With great care and determination, the bird would create a pyre from which it would meet its fiery end, which in the way of endings was also a new beginning. As the flames consumed the phoenix and its nest, a remarkable transformation occurred. From the ashes and embers, a new phoenix would arise, reborn in all its splendor. And indeed, throughout our journey on this earth, we find ourselves swept up in this tapestry of existence that's woven from the threads of countless experiences, from countless springs, summers, autumns, and winters that mimic the way the natural world goes through its seasons of change, but in our own lives and in our own life experiences. And these cycles we go through hold profound lessons about growth, transformation, and the unending dance of life. In the vast expanse of our lives, we encounter moments of new beginnings that can be likened to birth. These moments might manifest as a fresh start in a relationship, embarking on a new career path, taking the sacred task of caring for a loved one who is ill, or because every ending is a new beginning, even losing them, right? And even as a caregiver, we go through this experience where when we lose our loved ones, we're suddenly thrust into this whole new life where our whole purpose is gone, our whole schedule is gone, the person that we're missing is gone, and everything changes, right? And that's that's a pattern that you can find not just as a caregiver but in so many different life scenarios and so many periods of 
transition. But the thing that our rebirths often, not always, it doesn't always have to have this, but very often does, is that they're usually preceded by some sort of tower moment, right? And when I say tower moment, I'm talking about the tower card in the tarot where the lightning strikes the building and everything we once knew comes tumbling down, right? As this tower kind of breaks off into pieces and just collapses. And we experience a shift out of that in our personal beliefs and in our personal perspectives, because these kind of violent change moments, or maybe violence, sometimes they're they certainly can feel that way, but maybe violence, not the right word, but these sort of intense moments of transformation and change, they do shift our perspectives. You know, as an example, I can share with you something from my own life, which is the loss of my friend Rebecca, who valiantly fought a seven-year battle with stage four cancer. She was already stage four when she was diagnosed, and that battle sadly came to an end just a couple of weeks ago. And she was only 50 years old. She hadn't even made it all the way through her 50th year. And she had so many aspirations and so much more life left to live that she was robbed of by this stupid disease and that she will now never get to experience. And for me, amidst the grief at losing a friend of 35 years, which is something I'm, you know, it's only been a couple weeks, I'm still processing this, even though I knew it was coming. Um, and even though she surpassed any of the the diagnoses and prospects that the doctors had given her, I knew that you know her end was closer than than it was far away. And in thinking about all the things that she wanted to do that she'll never get to do. There came an awareness to me of all the things I still want to do with my life and that doing them meant having to leave things that were comfortable for me. And it also meant that a lot of the things I was doing in my job were dedicated to creating someone else's dream when I have creative dreams of my own to chase. So I did a thing I never thought I'd do, which was to listen to my intuition and the call of my heart. Well, I mean, I did think I would listen to those, but what I didn't think I would do is quit my job, (laughs) which I actually, which I actually did. My last day was, was Friday. And I'll tell you that making that decision to leave what was comfortable and homey and where I knew people were going to be nice to me and where I knew I was doing something that was making a difference and aligned with my values, even though it wasn't creating what's in my heart to create, it's exciting and it's fucking terrifying (laughs) at the same time. Listening to the song of your soul and following the signs of your guide that your guides have been given to you, it's exhilarating, but it's scary. It's scary to put your foot out onto the tightrope and trust that a net will appear if you fall. 
but you have to do that sometimes. And it's the good kind of scary when it comes with knowing deep in your bones that you're moving closer to your purpose and just where you are, right? Right where you're meant to be. Even if you don't know exactly what this new path of daring will bring, right? And I'm, I share that not to, not to overshare from my personal life or talk about me, me, me all the time, but just to give you an example, right? You have your own dreams. You have your own thing in the back of your mind that you know that you've been wanting to do forever, but maybe have been too scared to do or maybe have put off because you're comfortable or whatever the reason might be. And I am here to tell you as someone who has lost not just one, but several people and pets that were really important to me over the last few years that you don't know what life will bring and you don't know if you'll have time to do the things. So if you want to do them, the time is now. Right. And when we embark upon one of these rebirths, just like a newborn, a newborn, a newborn emerges into the world with endless possibilities, these births and rebirths that kick off every new cycle of life also bring untold potential. And they carry with them this exhilarating energy of uncharted territory where we're free to make our lives the masterpiece it deserves to be and to mold our destiny with the clay of our own choosing. And I will tell you that that is one of the most exciting and rewarding things that you can do with your life. But in order for that to happen, we also have to be willing to embrace moments of metaphorical death and to create space for our new level of being. It's just a basic tenet of magic that if you want to call something into your life, you have to make room for it, right? It's like having a an overcrowded living room and you know that you want some fancy new couch, but when the delivery guys try to come and give it to you, <laughs> there's no space to put it. So you really have to be intentional about making space, right? And shedding those things that you no longer need in order to make room for the things you do. And sometimes that means quitting the job you love. It means making a move. It means getting a little bit uncomfortable and being willing to lose sight of the shore, so to speak, for a few minutes or days or weeks or months in order to unlock that realm of possibility for yourself, right? It's just like in the autumn, right? Leaves fall from the trees and we do that same thing when we're shedding what no longer serves us. And these types of deaths might appear as the end of a relationship, the closure of a chapter in our lives, or even just the letting go of outdated beliefs, habits, and practices that weigh us down. Most often, the thing that stands between you and what you want, as tough as it is to hear, is you. And most often, it's something that's starting as a belief or a thought or something that you do without, you know, these habits that you have that you do without even thinking that are taking your time away and your focus and your attention 
from the things that you really, truly do want and believe in. Right? And, and the shedding, that sounds so simple. But it's often easier said than done. And these kinds of metaphorical losses, and I want to underscore that I'm speaking strictly about metaphorical death here, not literal death and the kind of grief that goes with the loss of a loved one, because that is a whole different thing, right? But metaphorical deaths are not only to be mourned, and there is a mourning in any kind of change or any kind of letting go. We go, even if it's just a tiny process of, you know, regret or wondering if things will ever be the same again, mourning is a part of endings. But they're not only something to be mourned, but celebrated because going through these kind of periods of, of metaphorical death creates the space that's needed for renewal. Right? It's just like in the wintertime when the, when the ground freezes over and goes dormant, the earth is doing what it needs to do to be able to come back at full force in the spring and start nourishing and growing these beautiful new shoots of whatever plant is going to blossom and flower. And we're, we're the same way, right? And when we're able to to let go of things we find room for growth change and the seeds of new beginnings right it's just like the phoenix from the ashes of what was arises the possibility of something new and that's what makes the phoenix's fiery resurrection resurrection such a emblematic symbol of the experience that we go through as we keep kind of leveling up, spiraling into our next level of existence, right? And after we do this letting go, after we do the shedding and the surrendering and all the hard stuff that comes as we're going through the fire, right? Through the crucible where all of the stuff we don't need is burned away. There's no other option than for us to come out transformed. And so these lessons that we learn in these periods of, again, metaphorical death that we experience, they grant us wisdom and insight, guiding us toward a higher version of ourselves. And when we emerge from the ashes reborn, we find ourselves reinvigorated with a fresh sense of purpose, a renewed determination, and the ability to soar to new heights. And if we're paying attention, we realize that these cycles of birth, death, and rebirth are not just isolated occurrences, but rather an intricate and interconnected dance where each step and experience becomes a necessary precursor to what comes next, right? Each birth, as we've said, is preceded by a death, and every rebirth emerges from the cocoon of transformation. And within each cycle, we become more and more attuned to the rhythm of existence, to the rhythm of our purpose, and we learn to navigate the currents of change, especially 
once we've done it a few times <laughs> with a lot more grace and resilience. And when you start to be able to embrace the multiple metaphorical births, deaths, and rebirths that punctuate your journey in life, you start to understand that while they're not always easy, because nobody promised you that life would be easy, and if they did, they were lying, <laughs> life's transitions are really not something to be feared, but to be embraced right? Because these cycles we go through, they're necessary in that they invite us to release attachments and to evolve and to continually rediscover the magic of us and the magic of transformation. And with it, we get more and more deeply connected to our own magic. So as I mentioned before, part of magic and manifestation and your ability to expand and grow in to that magical spark within you involves being really intentional in discerning what it is is no longer needed in order to create space for what you want and for what is needed and that involves shedding right and if you think of your life as a garden you have this space that is really lush or has the potential to be really lush with diverse foliage and vibrant blooms. And just as a garden requires regular pruning to flourish, your life requires deliberate acts of shedding the old to make space for the new, right? I'm not a huge gardener, but I grew up with one. And one of the things I know is that if you have well, if you have weeds, they're going to strangle everything, right? And you don't want weeds in your garden of life. But even if you have comfortable things and good things that are crowded too close together, the same thing is going to happen. The stronger plants either going to kind of overshadow the other one and maybe strangle it and give it you know, the things in your life that are important and the things in your life that you love need space to grow. And they need that space in order for you to even be able to enjoy them. Right? And that's why this, this habit of pruning and making a regular habit of evaluating your life, evaluating your relationships and looking at what's working and what's not and being willing to let the what's not go is so crucial to your ability to grow and expand as a person. And it's not always easy because sometimes it means shedding situations, habits, sometimes even people. And that's the really hard one, I think, who are keeping us stagnant and not inspiring us to grow. It's so important that you surround yourself with people who make you better right and and who you can do the same thing for because relationships have a not a tit for tat i did this for you now you do this for me kind of thing but there is a natural reciprocity that occurs and if you're both not bringing your energy to to making a healthy supportive relationship then you don't have a really great relationship and it's that would be one that you want to evaluate but 
As difficult as it can be, the practice of culling is a profound necessity that enables growth, transformation, and the continual renewal of your being. And that's what it's all about, right? It's not that you know, you reach majority and at 21, it's like, hey, I'm a fully formed adult. Nothing's ever going to change again. We're changing and evolving and learning and growing throughout our whole lives. And that's how it's supposed to be. But it's a process. And if you want to be intentional about it, that process begins with letting go, right? To keep up with the kind of nature garden seasons metaphor it's like just like trees shed their leaves in the fall to conserve energy and prepare for the winter which eventually is going to turn into the coming spring because again every death equals a rebirth you have to release the weight of the past and you have to take time to release those leaves and to give yourself space to regenerate and renew. And if you're busy clinging to things that no longer serve you, that will hinder your progress and restrict your ability to embrace, right? To grow and prepare yourself to grow even, to grow in the spring. And, but it also restricts your ability to embrace new opportunities. So by shedding outdated beliefs, toxic relationships, stagnant habits, anything that's holding you back and keeping you from being able to expand and evolve, you create space to redirect your energy toward what truly matters. And that's growing, continuing to grow in your life, right? Which is... The second thing, you let go, and in doing so, you create room for growth so you can absorb all of those, that sunlight and the nutrients in the soil of your life, so to speak. And your garden's going to flourish when you have room for new experiences, ideas, and relationships, and they have the space to take root so they can grow strong. And that's what letting go of what's overcrowding your existence does for you. And then as you're creating this room for growth, in order for your growth really to be productive, you have to be able to embrace transformation. And you have to be able to do it knowing that transformation is a big word, right? And it's a big word because it can be really scary right but just like just like a snake right snakes in animal medicine are a symbol of rebirth and renewal and it's because they shed their skin to grow and we're the same we have to shed our old layers to evolve and for whatever new is growing within us to emerge and even the tough stuff, especially the tough stuff, right? Every experience we have, every challenge we face and overcome, and every triumph contribute to our growth. And they teach us things, right? I, you're never going to hear me say, this person got sick because it was supposed to be a learning experience, Right? I think that's bullshit. I don't think there's some like cosmic finger pointing at people and, and saying like, you get cancer, you get Alzheimer's because you need to grow. That's bullshit. But 
I do believe that every experience we have can teach us something if we let it, right? But in order to do that, we have to adapt to what is, right? And we have to stand up and face what is real. And if you're remaining tethered to who you once were, you're denying yourself the chance for that growth experience that's going to help you become who you're going to be. And in embracing transformation, you're again creating space to shed the old, to learn to adapt, which is such a huge skill in life. And that applies whether it's your personal life, your business life, your anything. Adaptability is such an important piece of resilience, which helps us emerge stronger and wiser and ready to face that next level of of what's to come in our lives. And the other thing in order to create fertile ground for transformation is you have to be able to relinquish the familiar, right? Familiarity is comfortable and it's comforting, but it also can be confining, right? How many things in your life have you ever done or do you do today just because they're habit? They're the way you've always done things. And it's not necessarily bad to do things that are familiar, but when it becomes a problem is when they're not working for you and when your familiarity is holding you back and keeping you from actualizing the things that you want to create in life and from becoming who you want to become, right? And who you want to become is solely a you decision. It's not what your sister thinks, what your family thinks, your spouse, whatever that might be. They don't get to define who you are. Your relationships don't get to define you. Your job doesn't get to define you. You get to define you and you get to decide who you want to be and imagine yourself in that space and and to allow yourself to grow into, into that person. But it requires being willing to relinquish what's familiar right? It's just like I said before, everything you've ever wanted lies beyond your comfort zone. You have to be willing, right? Like the Andre Gide quote, which I think I might've referenced before too, is you have to be willing to lose sight of the shore. Um, and you have to be willing to redefine your boundaries as you're growing. And you're, you have to be in this constant state of growing, evaluating what's working, tweaking and refining, and then continuing to grow and expand. It's the same thing that we talked about in looking at life as seasonal and cyclical, right? You're constantly going through these stages of learning, growth, resting into who you've become, learning, growth, etc., etc., etc. Right. And once you get into that pattern, 
it becomes kind of like a river that's in this constant state of flow, right? And when you resist all of the steps before, the shedding, the embracing transformation, the relinquishing the familiar, when you're resistant to those things, you damn the flow and impede the current of progress. And so by embracing all of these steps, what you're really doing is allowing life's natural rhythm to carry you forward. And again, it's not always going to be easy, but it's a lot easier to move with the current than it is to try to fight your way upstream carrying a ton of unnecessary baggage, right? It's way easier if you can trust in the journey of life's unfolding, right? And you can do that at the same time as you, when we say shedding, that doesn't mean you don't honor your past. It just means you don't let it define you. You don't let it define who you're going to become. Right? You're, the goal here is not to negate your history and experience. Your history and experiences have taught you things. They've shaped who you are. It's just you don't want to let them become an anchor that keeps you from growing. Right? It's you honor your past. And you do that by recognizing that each phase in your life has contributed to where you are today. And by in shedding what has served its purpose, that's not dishonoring the past. It's just opening yourself up to the richness of the present moment and the boundless potential of your future. And when you can do all of those things and be open to possibility, Right? It's when we live in that kind of sweet spot of anything's possible that magic starts to happen. And isn't that what we all want at the end of the day? You want to be able to follow the kind of golden threads that come up in the fabric of your growth and transformation. And in the same way that seasons change, you do too. And so when you can let go, honor your past, embrace the present, and create space for the new to unfold, that's when you reveal the beauty of your ever-evolving self and when you create conditions that allow you to really grow into your most intentional and into your best life and into your best self. And so because all of this talk about metaphorical seasons and death and shedding and being reborn and making space for the new is really designed to help you be more intentional about who you want to become, what you want to do, and what you need to let go of in order to create space for it, I want to share with you some inspiration in the form of one of my favorite poems, which is Mary Oliver's The Summer Day. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out on the grass. The one who is eating sugar out of my hand. Who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down. 
who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? With brightest of blessings until next time, I'm Martina Rutledge, and this has been the Remembering Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, please subscribe and share. To learn more about me and the work I'm doing, including my upcoming course, Illuminating Your Path of Purpose, visit me at martinarutledge.com.